Hey, welcome. Welcome. I'm Nako Narder. I'm Emily Walborn. And this is a very special episode of Half Asian. Half Hour. Uh, joining us today, we have a very exciting interview with filmmakers Peter Lee and Julian Kim. They are the creators of the film Happy Cleaners. Hello, this Hello. is Julian. I'm Peter. Thanks so much for being on. We're very excited to talk to you guys. Yeah, thank you for having us on. We're excited. Yeah, we, so the first thing we wanted to know is how did you two meet and decide to write and direct this film together? Um, so we're childhood friends. Uh, we both grew up in Flushing. Um, we actually met in church um, and uh, Julian's a few years older than me. So, uh, you know, in Asian culture, he's like the church young, the older brother. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, he was uh, the guy like running around saying like, I'm gonna be a director and like just filming, you know, stuff since teenage years. And uh, that was really cool. And, uh, you know, so we were just kind of making stuff together. And then like by the time college rolls around, like, you know, we would work on just, like thesis films and things like that. And uh, just, uh, you know, fast forward a few more years after we got out of school. Uh, well, Julian's been always telling me like, oh, like I'm working as an editor and it's kind of killing my soul because I can't make anything. The last thing I made was the thesis film. And, you know, him seeing that like just kind of got me thinking like well we should just start making things like now and that's when sort of the the short film series kind of began and so like in a nutshell yeah like since just like adolescence we we're just kind of dreaming about doing this and just kind of did it because I think technology allowed us to be able to make films for cheap something that probably didn't wouldn't possible you know if you were like like even 10 years older. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and the um, collaborative process have been really um, interesting, I think, because, you know, you don't see many duo directors, but I think from, from the get-go, um, Peter and myself, like, because we have similar backgrounds of experiences and growing up in Flushing and having, you know, that Korean-American immigrant experience, I think, you know, we were able to have this kind of heart to heart a lot of times. And before, you know, filmmaking, you know, I think Peter is definitely like my, like my brother, you know, like we, we share a lot of things outside of filmmaking and a lot of experiences um, in life and everything. So um, that really, that whole process kind of intertwined with the creative process. And when we started like making short films together be before even like the actual filming started, we kind of started like writing together and, and figuring out what the story was. And during that process, like, you know, we would kind of vet each other, you know, work out each other um, and see how can we make a very authentic story and, and create, you know, three-dimensional characters that represents, you know, who we are and, um, in the best way it can. So, and, and I think that really you know, worked because you had two brains kind of working together in, in, in different perspectives and, but at this, with the same goal and the same mission. So, so yeah, I mean, and then ever since then, I think we just kind of grew and, and uh, yeah, <laughs> we just kind of worked together very well. That's great. Mm -hmm. um, so for Happy Cleaners, um, your principal actors are all bilingual. How did you decide which lines were in English and which were in Korean? Was that scripted or was there some improvisation on set? Uh, well, I think, um, you know, as we mentioned before, like just uh, the film being bilingual, you know, it, it was a very intentional decision because you wanted 
the film to reflect like our reality much as possible. So, you know, mom and dad would always sort of choose to speak the language that's most convenient for them. Um, you know, just like many other people, right? If you have to have to go to have an argument or just anything, you want to express yourself clearly, you would choose the language most comfortable to you. And then the same thing goes for the kids. English is what's comfortable for them. So every scene that we wrote was a very intentional decision following that logic, you know, they'll speak. And um, you guys would probably be familiar with you come from a bilingual household. Um, those languages naturally kind of merge at some point. And in our case, there's something called Konglish where it's like, it's, it's kind of a mixture of Korean and English and uh, people just kind of get it. <laughs> um, and then uh, I think during the, the filming process and you know, Julian and I would always say like every stage of production is essentially another draft. So by the time we were you know, in production, um, you know, there were gems that the actors were giving us because, you know, they themselves are bilingual. They know what it's like to be an immigrant and they understand. So a lot of great lines, especially like mom's lines, like she just kind of, like it just came out. Um, like one thing that comes to mind is particularly the scene where, um, you know, Kevin, after rearranging the, the rack, he just leaves and, you know, he curses at them. But then, you know, she says like, like what? Like in, 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 you know, Korean accent and that was not in the script <laughs> yeah that was a great moment that was a great moment <laughs> so it seems like survival duty to your family unconditional love were all very clear film uh, themes in your film uh, what were some of the main messages that you were hoping to say with your movie I think I think uh, unity and forgiveness um, I think that was like the biggest thing I think honestly when we started off um it was a therapeutic process for both of us. I think, you know, we had a lot of things to sort out and, and overcome and heal. Um, just because, you know, we had a lot of unanswered questions about our identity and, and our place here. So when we wrote the film, like, you know, obviously it was based off of like our own experiences, but trying to find what that experiences mean and how that molded us. So. When in the process of doing that and revisiting the past and kind of putting down our life on, on, on paper and seeing it play out, you know, it kind of connects to you certain moments in your personal life. And I think during that, during that process, a lot of the things get repaired. For example, like when I wrote, the, when we wrote the, the scenes with the father and mother, like, you know, you don't have that kind of perspective um, growing up, but once you actually forcefully are in their shoes and trying to write and talk like they would, like you kind of understand like where they're coming from. And once you get that perspective, like it really helps you um, overcome the kind of grudges you might have when you were, you know, in adolescent years. And I, that definitely helped me kind of come closer um, to my mom and my dad. So, so we wanted that experience to happen um, over time with anyone growing up with similar experiences, you know, to, to see that and then turn to their mom and their dad and, you know, not have kind of like a very um, hold grudges against them, but just be thankful for, you know, all their experiences um, and, and repair and hopefully unite, unify. So yeah, that's kind of like what we hoped for and really bring, um, yeah, one aspect of the film, but there's also missional content for the film as well. So it sounds like it was it was kind of a goal when you were writing the script and not so much like an unexpected byproduct. It sounds, was it harder than you were expecting or as hard as you were expecting? 
yeah, there were definitely hard moments where I had to kind of walk away from the script because it was just too real and too painful. Like, obviously, some arguments, you know, in certain moments, you you get so in, indulged into the, the content, you're like, man, I'm still living it, you know, I'm still going through that financial hardships and differences. And I, I don't know what, how to answer. Like, because you have to, you know, write, a, write an ending to the scene or to the movie, right? But I don't have it figured out in my head, you know, how do I do that? So um, I had to go through a lot of process and obviously like having Peter by my side, it helped tremendously because um, we both kind of, you know, talked it out and said like, you know, um, you know, what are we going through and, and how do we deal with this? Um, so, so yeah, like it was, it was hard, but I think, you know, definitely having a brother like Peter um, helped, you know, make it, make it better. Peter, what was the experience like for you? Um, well, I mean, I think, you know, Julian touched a lot of things like sort of our process, right? Like we would, uh, um, you know, write together because, and it was easy to do that and think together because we, we essentially, you know, we're cut from the same cloth. We come from the same background, same set of experiences. So a lot of the things, we didn't have to explain things to each other. We just kind of get it. Um, and so, so there was comfort from that, but um, I think, sort of as you were going through different you know, stages of life, um, experiencing similar things, uh, I think when it came to the film and sort of writing about it and, and, and forcefully um, processing these things, um, I think sort of the, the, the end conclusion that we kind of came to was, is like, you know, say la vie, like this is life. Um, there's, there is no perfect, uh, you know, bow tie ending to this just because life goes on. Um, and, and in a lot of ways, a lot of these issues, you know, will remain unresolved. But I think how um, we choose to accept that reality, I think there's sort of definitely um, aspirational um, moments where we're hoping that and a lot of the things that we tend to overlook or take for granted like those are the things we want to sort of um focus on so that you know with it we can overcome these challenges uh we're better equipped to overcome these challenges and certainly these are things that we have to remind us ourselves constantly because it's not like we got to completely figure it out and we're now we're like oh yeah our life is so rosy anymore it's, it's something that we have to be like oh yeah you know take your own advice kind of a thing um <laughs> And so, yeah, I mean, a lot, a lot of, a lot of just uh, emotionally taxing moments when we were writing this and making this. Um, but I think it was good. It was a good healing process for us, and hopefully, it it would be a conversation starter for others who watch the film. Have your parents seen the film? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do they think of it? Uh, I mean, they're obviously very proud of it. Um, but it's a, it's a very lukewarm reaction. (laughs) (laughs) Like, they're just like, well, I guess, I guess when we first wrote this, when I was researching, because my parents worked at the cleaner. So I, I, for research purposes, I asked them like specific questions and they were like, you know, why don't you just make, you know, something very happy and, and, you know, um, and fun. Like, why do you have to make it so real? <laughs> and it's like, I don't want that to happen. It's like, well, well, because it's it's what we need to do. We have to show reality as is. And uh, 
But my mom was like, yeah, make it like comedy, make it fun, make it like <laughs> less real. Uh, mm. So they, they kind of expected that. But, but once they saw the final film, like they're tremendously proud. Like my dad, you know, is, is um, you know, the typical Asian dad uh, and then just kind of clipping our, our articles and, and whatever. Oh. So, so that's, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, so the parents in this film, one of the things that it does so well is that these parents are extremely three-dimensional characters. They have their own really wonderful storylines. And yet the characters are named mom and dad. Was this deliberate? Yeah, no. So thank you for noticing that. Um, actually, so, um, you know, for the longest time, like personally, as as child grows up, like, you know, mom and dad are just mom and dad, right? Mm-hmm. But then when you hit a sort of certain age, um, it's become very apparent to you that no, mom and dad are also individuals. They have or have had, you know, dreams of their own. And then once sort of that rea- realization kicks in, like during the scripting process, um, mom and dad had to be multidimensional because mm-hmm. that's the truth. And so a lot of these, you know, characters, they are our present, you know, they're our past or, you know, our future. And um, so the way, you know, we kind of settled to mom and dad was also, you know, partly deliberate, but also partly circumstantial. And what I mean by that is like in the scripting, you know, in the character background creation, um, they had names, you know, mom was Kyungsook, dad was Songjin. Mm-hmm. But then in the Korean culture, once parents become parents, they sort of lose that identity because they're often called so-and-so's mom, so-and-so's dad. Um, and we are also, you know, coming from that culture, kind of fell into the, that convention, you know, also out of convenience because when we were scripting, it was so much easier to just call a mom and dad. It's very easy to recognize, explain the character. And when you just kind of label that um, because of the, the cultural context, it just says a lot by itself than when you have when you just throw out names. And so that plus this being a bilingual film, you know, sometimes, um, you know, when you think about subtitles and everything, um, it's sort of the byproduct of uh, things get lost in translation. And like when you're just imagine like you're telling this family story and, and, and the subtitles, you're just seeing these two different Korean names. Are you, by the way, are you gonna be able to identify, oh, that meant mom or that meant dad? So, th- so we wanted to kind of also navigate around that in the most efficient way possible. And so all that combined led our decision to just say mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. Do you want to say no, 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 just, I, I agree. It's a beautiful <laughs> answer. I actually uh, asked Peter about it before this dinner. He was like, how would you answer this? <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I was like, wow, Peter, you're right. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. yeah. Um, something we like to ask all of our guests is, um, in your opinion, what's the best Asian American media out there right now? Media, so that would be like, like books, music, film. Anything, hmm. yeah. Asian American media. So while he's thinking about it, I, I, <laughs> I, uh, I'll jump in real quick. Um, I, I think, you know, right now, um, although there's still more work to be done, I think we are living uh, better times, definitely than our childhood, because um, it's amazing to start, you know, when you start seeing like, you know, young adult novels and, you know, of, of Asian American writers sort of having that option available 
starting from you know child age and like you see a lot of these um you know like teenage movies or teenage tv shows that are inapplicable that features asian american leads and whatnot so while there's still more work to be done it's it's great um but i think you know personally for us like definitely um you know since we like films we'll 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 kind of start the conversation around films like um like just recently we just saw the film minari Mm -hmm. it's amazing it's Mm -hmm. um uh, it's, it's really powerful to see something like that happen. But then, but then as we were prepping for this, um, you know, we both fell in love with the film Spa Night, directed by Andrew Ahn. It's also a monumental film. And then, you know, over the years, like the, the, the very um, commonly known films like, you know, Better Luck Tomorrow, The Motel, Who Killed Vincent Chin, you know, 429, The Namesake. I mean, th- those are definitely classics that, you know, we when they came out, it was one of the few, really one of the few Asian American media mm-hmm. that was available. So we obviously gravitated towards those and, and studied up on that. Um, but hopefully uh, as we move forward in you know, 2021 and the future years, there'll just be more of these media, to, you know. And I'm, I'm hoping that, yeah, like part of you know, our mission of creating Happy Cleaners and hopefully more you know, films is the kids of next generation will not have to say what we grew up thinking like, why isn't there, you know, films that, or books or whatever that have people like us as heroes and able to tell meaningful stories. And mm-hmm. we're hoping to be a part of that um, change and hopefully, uh, yeah, <laughs> they'll, they'll have options. Yeah. 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 I think- I think I would I would just kind of add uh, music to that list, um, and definitely like for example like our title track um, "Word to the Hyphen" by You're the Ox. Like it when does that song alone spoke such volumes to me? Mm-hmm. Like um, I thought like that would be like yeah like you you don't need the movie. <laughs> I think in my opinion, like just, just listening to that track, just told a story. And there's so many great Asian American artists out there that um, you really aspire, especially in, in I think in hip hop, because um, I think that's a really um, good field to, to look. And I'm, I'm really excited for even like Boogie um, coming out mm-hmm. soon with Eddie, Eddie Huang. So yeah, like I think it's very promising. I'm very excited for all the future projects coming out. But I think, you know, one thing we should be aware is like maybe might get the, the the messaging might get distilled. You know, it's not about representation, but more about authenticity and, and saying like, hey, look, like don't don't look at us just as Asian American stories and appreciate it for just that, but look beyond that. Um, look into the depth of, of the content of what we're trying to say. And I think that's very important in any content creators and any kind of media going out. So so yeah, that's I'm really excited for the future um, of Asian American media. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we're excited too. Mm-hmm. Yes, especially now that it includes happy cleaners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for coming on. Uh, this has been a true joy. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, Emily Knuckle. Is, is there anything you'd like to plug? Um, where can people watch Happy Cleaners? Yeah, actually, yes. Um, so Happy Cleaners is available on video on demand February 12th. You could find us on Amazon, Apple TV, um, and you could just buy DVDs of Best Buy and Walmart. Uh, and just follow us on Happy Cleaners Film on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, and be sure to share. 
you know, have a little get together with your mom and dad, watch the film, <laughs> uh, and and talk it out. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so please support us um, and like the movie. Thanks, guys. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thank you. Half Asian, half Asian, half.